Disclaimer. This episode does include gruesome details about true events. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Crime Vine Podcast. I'm your host, Felicity Brooke, and if you are new here, basically this is a true crime podcast. I like to stick with cases that aren't as widely known across the globe. I feel like every case is just as important as the next, and not every victim has a chance to have their voices heard. So I have created this platform to give a voice to basically the voiceless and to the ones that their voices has, have been taken away from them. So before we dive in today's episode, I do want to do a quick update. I'm sure most of you guys have known this has kind of been um, groundbreaking in the true crime community, but um, Sarah Turney, who is an advocate for her sister, Alyssa Turney, who was unfortunately murdered by Sarah Believes, her father, and she has an entire podcast that goes in immense detail about this entire situation. Um, Her podcast is called Voices for Justice, so if you guys have not checked that out, I highly suggest you guys do. She goes in incredible detail. She's got receipts. Like, this girl has got it down. She has been trying to get her father convicted of her sister's murder for years. I mean, this was 20 years ago that this happened. So Sarah has been working overtime, and finally her hard work is paying off because her father was actually just arrested a few um, days ago. And I know it might be a bittersweet moment for her because, I mean, A, that is her father, but B, um, this is what she's been working for for so long. So, um... Yeah, if you guys, I highly suggest you guys look up articles. This is everywhere. Like like I said, I went on my phone one day and it was everywhere. I had to send Sarah a quick message um, and wish her the best. But she's going through a lot right now. And um, I just highly suggest you guys check out her podcast. Like I said, she goes in incredible detail. I have covered this podcast like a year ago. This podcast, no. I have covered the case like a year ago, but it is a little outdated. There's been so much more that has happened since Um, I uploaded that episode, so I highly, highly, highly suggest you guys go check out her podcast. All right, you guys, so we're going to dive into today's episode. It is a short one. I am sorry. This is, there's just not much to this case. It just is cut and dry, kind of like it's there and it happened so quickly. So there's not like incredible detail. There's not, you know, everything happens so quickly in this case. So I'm sorry because I have been gone for a while and then all of a sudden I give you like what a five minute episode. Okay. It won't be five minutes. It'll probably be a 10, but <laughs> that's not the point. Um, so go ahead, you guys grab yourselves a drink, coffee, wine. It's time to relax and listen to some true crime. So grab yourselves a drink because this vine will rope you in. On April 13, 1989, it was a heavy night of drinking and snorting cocaine for Ramon Salcido. Ramon was reflecting on his uh, divorce that was coming up, and he was suspected that his wife was having an affair with a co-worker. Not only was he dealing with that, he was also dealing with child support that had come in from his previous marriage and finding out that his first child was illegitimate and not his. On April 14, 1989, is when a massacre took place in Katati and Simona, California. Ramon took his three daughters to a municipal dump and slit their throats. Two died and one survived. Four-year-old Sophia and 22-month-old Teresa unfortunately did not survive this incident. However, three-year-old Carmina was left lying in a field beside the bodies of her sisters for 36 hours after being slashed across the throat by her father. She was rescued and later adopted by a family in Missouri. At the hospital, she said, Daddy cut me, 
to a hospital nurse. The next stop would be his wife. He went to his in-laws house looking for her, but she wasn't there. However, there, there at the house was her mother and her two sisters. He killed all three of them. He then returned to his home in Boys Hot Springs where he shot his wife, Angela, and she died. He then went to the Grand Cru Winery, which was his place of employment, and this is where he killed his supervisor, Tracy Tuvey. Ramon was a suspect from the start because he was identified by his victims that survived. Sonoma County Sheriff's Office then launched a manhunt looking for Ramon. He was found five days later by Mexican authorities and he was turned over to the sheriff's detectives who brought him back for trial. He, the reason he was found by Mexican authorities is because he fled to Mexico where his mother was and played it off as her, her distraught son that just needed comfort from his mother. However, that visit did not last long because he was found in five days by the Mexican authorities who actually swarmed the house and brought him back to California. During his trial, his defense said that he had marital issues, he owed money, and he was about to be fired. They also used the fact that he was drinking and doing drugs as part of a psychosis that would probably try to get him a lesser sentence. He and Angela had argued while he was served with child support documents as well from from his previous wife as we mentioned earlier and he was angry having learned that his older daughter was not his biological child. After a lengthy trial in 1990, he was convicted of the murders of seven people and the attempted murder of two. The jury found Ramon Salcido guilty of six counts of first-degree murder, one count of second-degree murder, and two counts of premeditated attempted murder. The jury also decided there were special circumstances that could trigger the death penalty. Attorneys for Ramon hoped to convince the jury their client was crazed by alcohol and other drugs when he went on a murderous rampage. The prosecutors also argued that Ramon premeditated the murders out of jealousy and revenge. His attorney, Martine Miller, actually said that he had never expected to see his client go free. The goal, he said, was to spare Ramon the death penalty. Carmina, who was the surviving daughter, was taken out of the public eye for quite some time after she was adopted by the family in Missouri. She then became an eye in the public again in 2009 when she released her book called Not Lost Forever, My Story of Survival, and it was published by HarperCollins. In it, she describes her adoptive family as being physically and mentally abusive. One passage reads, if I mouthed off or was otherwise disrespectful, they would pour Tabasco sauce onto my tongue or insert a bar of soap into my mouth. The book relates her difficult life afterward and her eventual return to Sonoma County and a hope for a better future. However, the better future was a little further in the horizon than she expected. She was actually going through a divorce with her husband at the time and she was hoping to gain custody of her daughter. However, she did not get custody and her ex-husband 
had custody of her daughter as well as the foster care. So her daughter was hopping between foster care and her ex-husband. Today, Ramon Salcido is on death row in San Quentin prison where he is likely to remain. Now, California has not executed a condemned uh, inmate since 2006. So the likelihood of that happening is probably not that high. All right, you guys, that is this case. Like I said, it was, it is a shorter episode. This case, I mean, everything just happened so quickly. It, there really wasn't room for like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? Like, it's like this manhunt, we're finding the victim, but they found him in five days. It's not like it took them a year or like a few months. They found him so quickly. So um, like I said, the, everything is just kind of there. This case is a, a definitely a short one. And this case is like, even though it is a, you know, a shorter case, it is, is still so like heartbreaking because I mean seven victims that he that he killed I mean there were seven dead and one survived but I I mean this murderous rampage I mean there I mean seven people died from this and it happened literally within like a day it happened all so quickly he just boom 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 and I mean I don't know I don't think that drugs would have made you do all of that so I I get it that they tried using it as like a psychosis thing and to get him off of um, a lesser charge but I mean let's be real Carmina said that her daddy cut her to the hospital they knew that this guy was guilty that was their evidence right there I mean absolutely insane one of the detectives actually the lead detective in the case did say um, he came on an interview and said that the the pictures of the crime scene are etched in his brain from forever. Like the, just the sight of the the crime scenes were gruesome and horrible. And the fact that any human being could do this to another person, not just do this to another person, but to your own family. I mean, your wife, your daughters, your mother-in-law, your sisters-in-law is like, and your, your coworker or your supervisor. I mean, the fact that you could do these, it's not just like it was a random attack. Like this, this was premeditated it was it was planned like this it's so heartbreaking and disturbing that's the one thing about true crime is it's so disturbing because I mean it really I guess opens your eye to what human beings can do and like how disturbing it is and how um horrible it is that the fact that any human being could do this to anybody and it so heartbreaking I mean obviously it does take you know not everyone's going to go out murdering people, but the fact that, I mean, this is a thing, the fact that people are even doing this is so heartbreaking and sickening. Oh, my goodness. All right, you guys, I'm curious to know what you guys think about this case. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at the TheCrimeVinePO1, Instagram the Crimevine Podcast, or TikTok at FelicityBrookM. I am going to preface all of that and say I am not very active right now on social media. It is kind of a bad habit of mine, actually. I'm not going to lie. I go through phases where I'm like so active. I'm on every day. I'm posting every day. And then I will be drop off the face of the earth for like a month. Like it's just I it's a thing. And I'm going to this is not me creating an excuse for it. I'm just going to say it. I work 50 hours a week right now. Well, not right now. I work it every single week. So it is so draining mentally and physically. And I get one day off a week. So on my day off, I'm like laying in bed all day watching TV. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, that's just that's straight up the facts. And I'm not even gonna try to like, 
you know, be like, oh, well, you know, woe is me because that's not the case at all. Um, But I am trying to get better. So and also I don't have a schedule where I'm posting this podcast because I know a lot of you actually sent me a message wondering where I was. And I had this case research and it just was I needed to film it and not film it, record it and edit and upload it. So that's what I'm doing today. I'm going to try to get a bunch of cases um, pre-researched so that way I could just record and it's ready to go. So that way I don't take these huge hiatuses and I, it sucks because I don't have like an exact schedule to be like, Oh, a new episode every Monday. Like it used to be. It's just kind of whenever I upload, whenever I have time to upload. So please bear with me, stay patient. Um, and I'm really trying to work on it. I'm trying to get better. Cause I know I didn't think that you guys liked my podcast that much. And it's crazy to think, I know I'm going on like a huge, like, you know, I'm so derailing from what this episode is about, but it's really kind of awesome to think that you guys, um, are there for me and you guys like really enjoy my content which is crazy because it's just me like I never thought I started this out as just a hobby where I had like one listener maybe two and then I got up to nine listeners and I was like oh my goodness and now there's like over a thousand of you guys so it's crazy that think that you guys are listening to me it's like I'm just talking in front of my computer right now and then like a thousand of you guys are gonna listen to this crazy to think but anyway so now that we just totally derailed from where this podcast was even going I just wanted to say a quick thank you All right, you guys, so we are going to end this episode here. Um, Again, thank you guys so much, and I will talk to you guys in my next podcast episode.